Orchard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Virtual Reality Church. Welcome to our virtual church. Zoom church is not church. Is there some type of way for a virtual congregation? You're not a congregation if you don't congregate. We have just finished our virtual church. You can worship in the comfort of your own home and at your convenience. When you combine this access with the loss of the local, I become my own confession and I go around the World Wide Web listening for echoes that say back to me what I've already decided to believe. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Frio. Not even close. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday, and I'm Jimmy Hicks, not Todd Friel. Todd is actually, as you might have guessed, on campus today. He's on the campus of Georgia Tech. But before we check in with him, first, I wanted to take a second and thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for partnering with Wretched. Witness Wednesday would not be possible if it were not for the kindness and generosity of our gospel partners. Every single time we go out to the campus, it can be a bit of an undertaking, and your support helps to make these encounters and our ability to record, produce, and bring them to you possible. So we thank you for your support. To find out more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, all you have to do is visit wretched.org slash donate. Okay, so now let's get out to Todd on the campus at Georgia Tech. Young man, while you're walking, could I ask you just one question on the radio? That'd be okay? Yes. How long have you lived in the United States of America? Five months. Oh, five months. Where are you from? I'm from France. (laughs) You've been here for five months. My question for you is, has anybody tried to convert you to their religion? No. What about friends? Do you have any Christian friends? Yes, I do. Have they tried to witness to you or share their faith with you? Not really, no. Hmm. What are you religiously? Um, I'm an atheist. An atheist? Yeah. So you don't believe in God at all? No. How come? Well, in my family, nobody's religious, so, you know. But you're a man, and you've thought these things through a little bit, right? Yeah. And you've concluded there's there's no evidence of God? I don't believe in any of the institutional systems of God, you know. What are you studying at Georgia Tech? Aerospace engineering. If I gave you the argument of design, the argument of complexity, Mm -hmm. that, for instance, we look at this railing going up these stairs, we look at these stairs, and there's, what, 15, 20 stairs, but they're put together so in such an organized fashion, somebody had to make them. Yes. Right behind us are a bunch of plants, and there's a universe above us and stars, and it's all really organized. Would this be a logical conclusion? I look at human beings... And if human beings have been designed by God, and I look at the attributes of people, and one of the things that I notice is they communicate. You and I are talking. Mm -hmm. We share information. Would it be reasonable to conclude that if God made us, he's a communicating God? Um, It's not such an obvious conclusion, I think. We're only a small part of the universe. We don't know anything about the rest. But we know enough about us. And we look around, and in this particular view, we're the best thing going. Is there any evidence that, let's call him God, that God has desired to share information with us? And I think you've got people like Christianity, and you've got Hinduism, and Buddhism, and you've got Mormonism, and Islam, all claim that God has spoken, and they've got the truth. So now I'm asking myself the question, are any of them true? Well, for me, no, no, because I don't believe in any religion. But that 
doesn't answer the question, are any of them true? I don't know. Okay. So what is the truth claim about Christianity? Do you know what it is? Mm, no. Christianity claims to be the only true religion. It basically says all the other religions you can put into a circle and they all say one thing, do, do stuff, and maybe God, whoever that is, will be pleased with you. Christianity stands alone and says you can't do enough to be pleasing to God because we are innately bad people. Do you think you're a good person? What does good mean? Good question. <laughs> Let's say the standard for good is God's standard. If God had a standard, let's say it's the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. For instance, thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal, thou shall not murder, commit adultery. Are these really criteria for being good? Well, I think that every society agrees that lying and stealing and murder is bad. And yeah. I think the reason is it's our conscience Yeah. That tells us these things are bad. When you tell okay. a lie, you know that you did yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's a bad thing. But does that make you a bad person? This is a little bit extreme. But how many bad things does somebody need to do to be a bad person? Yeah. One murder, you're a murderer. One rape, Maybe you're two. a rapist. Yeah. One lie, you're a liar. Mm -hmm. What about lusting? Looking at women having yeah. sexual desires. Okay, that would be one of God's standards, that your thought life should be pure. Not just what you do what goes on inside of your head and your heart. So based on that standard, would you be considered a good person or a bad person? I can't answer that question. That's... Uncomfortable. No, that's not uncomfortable. That's just... It's difficult to say if someone is good or bad. I can say I do something good or I do something bad, but a person is a whole set of I agree. good things and bad things. Well, this the question I think that comes into play is the concept of justice. Yeah. Because if a criminal stood before a judge and said, Judge, I broke the law, whatever it happens to be, but I've done good things. Mm -hmm. I've paid my taxes. I gave money to charity. Yeah. Would the judge say, oh, never mind. Turns out you're a good guy. I'll set you free. Or would the judge say, it's really irrelevant. It has nothing to do with your court case. Your court case says that you're a guilty criminal. And you can plead your goodness all you want, but you still have justice to satisfy. But the justice of a judge is not the justice of God. And... Unless God is the judge. Yeah. Then it okay. would be the justice yes. of the judge. Yeah. Okay. And that seems to make sense that the one who made us owns us and we're responsible to him and should answer to him. Wouldn't that be reasonable of your creator to say, I'm going to have you give an account because I own you. And I've got rules, and I've given you a conscience that you can know right and wrong. Okay. okay. Are you buying any of this, or are you just kind of going along with me and being a, a polite Frenchman? <laughs> the good news about Christianity is all these other religions say, try really hard. Mm -hmm. This will be like a worldview. This will be like a world religion class in a nutshell. All of these say, do, 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 try hard, lose your desires, lose your lusts do good things, give money, visit a location, say your prayers, and maybe things will go well with you. Christianity says, nope, doesn't work that way. You're a guilty criminal, and the just judge of all the world must give you what you've earned for yourself, and he describes it as hell, that people who rebel against God, who break his laws, will earn for themselves punishment. That is justice. But God is good. 
and he's rich in mercy. He's just, and he must punish lawbreakers, but he's, he's kind and he's merciful, and he desires to save you. His desire is not to send you to hell, but to rescue you from hell, but there's tension now. He's got to punish you because you've been bad, but he's good and he wants to save you. So, to make sure that justice is satisfied so that he doesn't turn his back. If a judge said, well, I'm just really nice and I'm going to let all the criminals go, that wouldn't be right, would it? No, it wouldn't be right. <laughs> right? That would no. be that would be unjust. Yeah. He's, if he's a good judge, he has to punish the lawbreakers. So God, in his mercy, sent his son, Christianity is named after Jesus Christ, to take the punishment that you deserve. I don't know if you've heard the story about Jesus yeah. living on earth and dying yeah. on a cross. Yes. Oh. So when Jesus was hanging on a cross, God was looking basically at you. The punishment that you deserve was put on Jesus. All the bad things you've done, Jesus took the punishment for so that your court case could be satisfied. Your debt to God has been paid by Jesus if you will repent and put your trust in him. That's the good news of Christianity. These all say do and good luck. This one says it's been done for you and I'm kind and I'll save you because I actually love you even though you've been a bad sinner. That's what Christianity is. Yeah. Now the question is, my French friend, yeah. is it true? It may be true, but I don't believe personally. What I don't like about this kind of religion is that it's, as I told you before, it's really human-centered and narrow-sighted in, in the sense that we're only very, very small part of the universe. I agree. And well, what so, I said to you wasn't human-centered. What I said to you was God-centered. Yeah, but Jesus is human. But he's God. Yeah. He's God who left heaven, put on human flesh, so that he could be your representative, and only the sacrifice of God himself would appease the wrath of God himself. Yeah. So that's that's why this is a God-centered presentation, not a man-centered presentation. So all I would say to you is maybe take some time to consider this. Think about these things earnestly, because if your conscience agrees, you know what? I have done bad things. I have, I have been sinful. God is a savior and he will save you. And it's his desire to save a sinner like you. You have now been officially witnessed to in America. All right? Somebody okay. has now tried to convert you here yeah. in America. Yeah. And I'm not going to put a tracking device on you and follow you home. And I'm not going to try to sign you up for a club or put you in a, a bag and bring you into a cult. I'm pleading with you. Listen to your conscience. And if it troubles you, think about the good news that Jesus Christ offers. And please be praying for our French atheist future aerospace engineer friend there. A pleasant young man indeed, but just as all of us were prior to God opening our eyes, he continues rejecting the truth of the gospel. So let's definitely all be in prayer for that young man. All right. Well, we're not quite done yet. We have much, much more Witness Wednesday still to come. This is Wretched Radio. Numbers. Who doesn't love numbers? Okay, I don't, and maybe you don't either, but you are going to be thrilled at these statistics from preborn.org. Since 2007, there have been over 500,000 pregnancy tests. 
Whoa. 42,000 women have professed faith in Jesus Christ and over 123,000 babies' lives were saved. You can have a direct impact on the battle for life in a country that is increasingly opposed to life. While the government is busy trying to take the lives of more children, you and I can be saving babies and saving mommies because preborn, they provide free ultrasounds and they also preach the gospel. Babies get saved and so do mommies. Would you please help grow these numbers by supporting Preborn? You can do that at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. But what do you know about Wretched TV? Hmm? Well, let me give you some facts. Wretched TV is daily. Wretched TV is 30 minutes. And Wretched TV can be found on 135 Christian TV networks. Wretched TV is also hosted by Todd. Wretched TV is also available on Roku, Amazon Prime, and Truly. If you haven't seen Wretched TV yet, it's certainly not because you lack the opportunity, because it's everywhere. Check it out today at all of the places I just mentioned or also wretched.org slash TV. And while you're at wretched.org, click the donate page and take a look at how you might become a monthly Wretched Gospel Partner. Neither Wretched Radio nor Wretched TV are possible without the support of our Gospel Partners. Wretched.org slash donate or you can also text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. There are many struggles experienced by our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, specifically those who run the Master's Academy International. The biggest challenge for men attending TMAI, especially in our context in Ukraine, is the opposition from people in the church who oppose sound doctrine, and therefore men really struggle to transform their ministries in accordance with the Word of God. The Masters Academy International in Ukraine fighting a battle on two fronts. <laughs> You've got Russia, of course, and you have opposition from the church in Ukraine for biblically trained pastors to preach the gospel. Would you please consider supporting the Masters Academy International? Adopt a seminary, 17 different countries. Might want to turn your attention to Ukraine. To learn more about this amazing legacy ministry, visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Know your reformers. John Calvin was a French pastor, an author of the Institutes of the Christian Religion. His writings and ministry made Geneva, Switzerland a hotbed of Reformed theology. His institutes are still guiding documents for Reformed churches across the globe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd is not in the studio. Nope. He and the team are out on the campus of Georgia Tech today, and I'm not going to waste a whole lot of your time making you listen to me. Nope, that's not why you're here. So let's get back out to the campus now. What's your first name? I'm Oren. Oren? Yep. That is an unusual name. Where'd that come from? It's a family name. I'm actually the seventh. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. What's the heritage? What is your, uh, careful of the mud here. Walk over here, young man. What's the, what's the heritage? What is, where does that come from? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I don't know. But you had a great, 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 great Oren. Yes. From what country? 
Ah, uh, I mean, I, I'd assume English, maybe some Scottish. I don't know exactly. All right, what are you studying here at Georgia Tech? I'm a mechanical engineer. Because you want to be a mechanical engineer, don't you? I do. Yeah? What, is it, what does that mean? What, is, what does a mechanical engineer do? A mechanical engineer can do anything. Like, <laughs> well, not anything. Well, I mean, everybody needs an engineer. And if you want an engineer, you might as well get a mechanical engineer because we can do a little of everything. So you could do what an electrical engineer does? Not in as much detail, but we do take a few courses on electrical engineering. Okay, so here's what I just learned. Kind of, You would be like the the general practice doctor of engineering. That's exactly it. As opposed to a specialist in whatever it happened to be. Right, right. We're the backbone. They're the details. Got it. And is there a little bit of an attitude between the different camps? I mean... Not really. I, I think I think the engineers. I sensed are a little united. coming from you that if you're going to get an engineer, get a mechanical engineer. Like you guys are better than the rest. I would not say we were better than the rest. I say without them, we'd have no purpose. So it, it's important to to keep your allies. All right. Speaking speaking of purpose, what do you think your purpose in life is? I mean, yeah, you want to be a mechanical engineer, but you know the big thing. What's the point? What are you doing? Where are you going? I'm actually looking into the business market. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking kind of philosophically, not just how you make a paycheck. What ah. is your purpose? Why are you, Oren, seventh generation here? That is a good question. And if I had a good answer, I would give it. How old are you? I'm 22. Have you pondered it? I have thought about it, but I've not come to any conclusions. Have you gotten warm? Have I gotten warm? Yeah, have you come up with, you know, I'm here to uh, make money. The purpose of life is to have fun, eat, drink, and be merry. The purpose in life is to glorify God. The purpose in life is to what? I think it's I don't, a combination. I mean, there's no direct answers for me, let alone anyone else. It's. Uh, Are you a postmodern? Do you know what that means? Um, not, not in much detail. A postmodern would say, you can believe whatever you want to. That's your truth. It's valid because you believe it. It couldn't be completely different than my truth, but it's still true for you. Would that describe you? In a way, I'd say it would. Um... Okay, so here, let me ask you this question. I happen to be, here's my answer to the purpose question. Okay. I, I'm a Christian. All right, I am I, as well. I, you are as well. I think the uh, goal in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. All right? Would I, you agree with that? I would agree that is a very good purpose in life. I mean, it's... Okay, change that then. I'm a Hindu, and I believe the purpose in life is to lose all of my desires so that ultimately I can enter nirvana, or uh, what's the, what's their paradigm? Enter into nothingness. That's my purpose in life. Here's my question. All right. Do you think I'm wrong? You're not hurting anyone. So... Not the question. Do you think I'm wrong? Do I think you're wrong? Yes, sir. I'm a Hindu. The purpose in life is to lose all desires so that I can be connected to the great big divine. Whatever that happens to be. Well, that's a very... I mean, it's an opinion question. So my opinion is I'm a Christian and I believe in the Christian faith. So but you I think I'm you... Wrong. I'll take it another level for you. You ready for this All one? Right. I believe that the great big uh, goddess of the universe is Lady Gaga. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if I and if I say Lady Gaga's name sixteen times right before I die, I'm going to spend paradise in Funky Town with Lady Gaga. 
singing her greatest hit. What is it? Do you remember the song? I don't even know. Okay. So I'm going to be singing Lady Gaga songs for eternity in okay. Funky Town with Lady Gaga. Do you think I'm wrong, Warren? Well, I guess you're always opinionated by your own beliefs. So yes, I think you're wrong. There you go. Because <laughs> if you're fighting it on the inside going, well, no, you're not wrong because that's what you believe. That's postmodernism. Okay. Which says you can believe whatever you want to and it's right for you, even though I believe it's completely different than what I believe. All right. So the question really is, if, if I'm wrong, who's right? Who do you think is right philosophically when it comes to God? Do you think you're right? Well, I obviously think I'm right because I believe what I think. Mm-hmm. But I guess I can't prove it. Just as you can't prove that Lady Gaga isn't the supreme being. No, but I don't have a whole lot of evidence for it, do I? No, you don't. <laughs> Why are you a Christian, Horn? Well, I guess it started, I mean, I was born a Christian, I went to church, and I just believed, and I mean, thought about it, and it just, it seemed true to me. Okay. What denomination? Uh, Non-denominational. Non-denominational. So, you would say that you are a Christian, and would you also say that that is so evident in your life? If I assembled all of your friends, they would say the most important thing in Oren's life is Jesus Christ. Would they say that? I don't believe that they would. I I follow the Bible. I, I believe in the Bible. I try to live the way the Bible um, portrays how you're supposed to live. But, I mean, I'm not widely open about it. I don't know uh, what you're looking for exactly. Nothing specific. If I asked you the question, would you consider yourself to be a good person? What would you say? I, I would say that, yes, I believe I'm a good person. How come? Um, I mean, I, I care about other people. I'm... I want to make sure that uh, no injustices are done to them. And okay. Just... The Bible says that everybody is sinful by nature mm-hmm. and corrupt and wicked at heart. Mm-hmm. And all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Mm-hmm. How do you harmonize that with your opinion that you're a good person? Well, drawing a blank here. This is a good question. Uh, will you restate it? slightly different way the bible says you're a bad person okay you said you're a good person right something's not making sense well i'm not a perfect person i have sins i uh commit injustices um that's because i'm a human and it's natural for humans to make mistakes except do you remember a time in your life because you're how old now 22 22 sometime in your life when you know, you were born into the church and you maybe grew up going to church right. and you learned the Jesus songs and that's just mm-hmm. what you did because mom and dad did. But you as a man, when you really thought it over and you realized, you know what, that whole Bible thing, it's very true. And I'm a very bad man and I'm a very bad sinner and I need to be forgiven by God. Yes, I definitely believe that. You know, when did that happen for you? It happened long ago. Um, I don't. I can't give you a time or anything, but I've always been aware of that I do make mistakes, that I'm not perfect, and I definitely need to be forgiven for my mistakes. So I ask for forgiveness for... Uh, would you, would, you know, the, when Jesus said, a, a man must be born again or he will not see the kingdom of God, do you believe that you have been born again? I definitely believe I've been born again. When did that happen? I believe I made the prayer, I think I got the feeling around seven or eight, and then I talked to my parents about it and asked them, how how to uh, rectify how Make to become this born again? Yes. Yeah. And what did they say? Um, 
well, I prayed with my mother, and you got to take Jesus into your heart, accept that you do have sins, and he he died on this earth for your sins. Fine. And did you repent? Uh, yes, I was definitely sorry for my sins, and still am currently. And did you turn from your sins? Um, in some ways, yes. In other ways, no. I mean, try to do what's right, but I still do commit sins I'm aware of. I'm sorry I do. This is this is a good test, Oren. Christian sin, you're right about that. We do sin. The difference, though, between a Christian and somebody who's self-deceived is a real Christian does sin, but it's a falling into sin. We fall, we hate it, get back up straight away, apologize, and get back to serving God. A false convert or somebody who's not a Christian, they live in sin. They wake up, they plan it, they plot it, they do it, don't care much that they've done it, and then they go to bed and they get up and they repeat the process, and they live a lifestyle of sin. Mm -hmm. Are you the former or the latter when you say that you sin? I, I don't live in sin. I don't ignore my sins every day. I'm very well aware and I'm very sorry for them, and I try to rectify them and not to uh, commit the same sins again. Do you know for sure that if you died right now that you'd be going to heaven? I do. How come? Because um, I believe what the Bible says, that if you accept Jesus in your heart and you ask for forgiveness, that you will be forgiven and accepted into heaven. Okay, so you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that's Without your doubt, eternity. Yes, sir. So I don't need to witness to you. You're good to go. I'm good to go. Rock on. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Warren. It's nice to meet you, too. Bye, dude. Go mechanical engineer. All right, thank All right, you. goodbye. Can I get your name? My name is Todd. Todd? Yes. Nice to meet you, Oren. So, Oren says he's a believer, and he seemed pretty confident in that assessment. Did I think he was? The truth is, if I do or if I don't, the encouragement that I'm going to give you here is the exact same either way. Let's all be in prayer for Oren. Pray God save him if he's still lost. And if he is a brother, let's pray God will begin to use him in a massive way for the kingdom. And witnessing on this Wednesday at Georgia Tech continues next on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, it looks like we can chalk one up for women's rights. Over the weekend, FINA, that's the world's governing body of swimming, established new rules that prohibit biological males who have experienced puberty from competing in women's competition. They're also working to create an open category that would cover athletes who are affected by the rule changes. And I have a feeling a new category is not going to make them happy because that's not what they're looking for. They're looking not for accommodation, they're looking for affirmation. So I don't think that's going to make them happy. But regardless, it does seem as if it's a win for women. Biological women. And by now, I'm sure you've heard about Disney's new movie, Lightyear, all about Buzz Lightyear. Well, the latest in the Toy Story series has not only bombed in the U.S., but 13 majority Muslim countries have also banned the film for including a same-sex kissing scene. And a big reason in the U.S. for the movie missing its projections is because Tim Allen, the original voice for Buzz Lightyear, was replaced, though he was available and willing to voice the part. He was replaced for a less conservative and more LGBT-affirming actor, who has called those Muslim-majority countries that are banning the film idiots. So I wonder what his thoughts are on those in America not interested in hearing him over Tim Allen. Are they also idiots? 
probably. But for the record, the movie was projected to earn $79 million in its opening weekend in America. It earned only 50. And another disgusting display outside the home of one of our Supreme Court justices took place over the weekend. Abortion activists protested outside the Virginia home of Amy Coney Barrett while wearing clothing soaked in fake blood and toting around baby dolls. The protesters said the blood represented being forced to give birth if Roe versus Wade is overturned. Forced to give birth. How about being forced by law to own up to your choices, to take responsibility for your actions? As I've said many times, if you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. It really is that simple. The Islamic State has claimed responsibility for a recent spat of violence in Mozambique that claimed the lives of eight people earlier this year. The attack targeted Christian villages, and in claiming the responsibility, the Islamic State posted pictures of six decapitated bodies and also six burned villages. The United States finally labeled the Islamic insurgents of Mozambique as global terrorists in 2021. 24 nations have sent troops to help shield innocents from violence in the area. And as we remind you frequently here at Ranchit, please make sure that you are praying fervently for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Ranchit Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. John, the beloved disciple, author of the Gospel of John and Revelation, also wrote three epistles. In this first epistle of John, the apostle has one main concern, that we may know if we have eternal life and if our faith is genuine faith. If you want to know that you have eternal life, turn to 1 John and see what he has written for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back. It is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd and the team are in downtown Atlanta today. They're on the campus of Georgia Tech, and we've heard two encounters from two future engineers thus far. One a self-proclaimed atheist, the other a self-proclaimed believer. But both are future engineers. Who's Todd going to run into next? Let's check and see. The only fellow who is sitting out here on the steps, I think just woke up from a nap. Were you sleeping a minute ago? Good for you, dude. What are you studying here at Georgia Tech? Computational media. I have no idea what that means. Tell me in a nutshell and make it simple because I'm not very smart. Well, okay, KISS version is it brings together... A what version? KISS version, keep it simple, stupid. Oh, okay. It, Mr. Stupid, you, but go ahead. Uh, it brings together computer science and art and design... So you can make things like video games and websites and special effects, animations, that kind of thing. Cool. So when you get all of that information amassed, what do you want to do with it? Well, myself, media is more than just um, visual stuff. So I want to go into music and do kind of studio uh, technical music stuff. Be more specific. You want to make, make uh, what do they call them today? Uh, MP3 downloads. They don't call them records anymore, do they? No. But, <laughs> well, I'm not... not ex- terribly creative so i'll probably end up doing things like operating equipment and stuff like that you know, be behind the scenes producer yeah, yeah, mixer yeah. director that kind of stuff exactly okay yeah. so when you maybe this is maybe this is like a different deal but like when you go into a concert studio and sometimes it's like these big mega churches they have these these sound boards with just yeah. hundreds of buttons do you have any idea what those things are about yes it's all it's actually pretty simple it's just a lot of stuff it's just so there's a, like there's guitars and there's 
drums and there's all these different things that need to go out to speakers. Yeah. So they all have to be. You're controlled. mixing it. Yeah, that's. Pretty and you've got an ear for that. Uh, I have half an ear. I'm deaf in one ear. You do. Look yes. at that. The I didn't even notice. How did you lose your hearing in that ear? Um, birth. We just, we just don't know. It's a mystery. It didn't develop. That's it. Yeah. Huh. So it's pretty much ironic that I'm doing that I'm doing music and that I'm doing music at a technical school. Huh. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm fascinated about your ear, though. That, that what did they describe that as being something or just? It just didn't come along like the other one. Well, it just didn't come along like the other one. And then also, they say I have, like, a growth plate in my skull that is weird. So I have a growth. So, like, my skull grows, and then also it grows in the wrong direction into my ear canal. So there's, it's like, instead of just being a straight ear canal, it kind of curves. And so the sound doesn't really go through. And then once it does go through, it doesn't get translated into neurological signals as well as the, my right ear. You know what I'm thinking right now? The body is amazing, isn't it? It is crazy. And my right ear is oversensitive. My left ear is way undersensitive. And then also, I have a really great sense of smell. That makes sense, though. Yeah, so if I can't hear the tiger coming, I can smell it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can you smell me right now? No. I'm that's, glad, but I think I'm downwind. So that's probably that's, a benefit. Yeah, that's what it is. Because I'm a little spritzy. Do you think that our bodies evolved, or do you think that God made us? Both. God evolved us. I think it's kind of like you have one of those, like, the board game mousetrap. Kind of like it's all set up, and then it goes into motion, and then it's all, like, you designed it to happen, and then it happens. All by itself. So it was a guided process. Yes. So Not random. Not Well, I don't know if you can say random, but, like... Like, you're going to go to the store, you know, okay, I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to need my wallet, and I'm going to need a grocery list. And then you just kind of, it kind of happens. And then, because you know what's going to happen. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. So how, how come you kind of mush the two together instead of just saying, God created the world. It's all intricately designed, and he put it together because he's amazingly clever. What has led you to reject that old Bible story? God spoke the world into existence in six 24-hour days. Well, I think, you know, it's not that that's not true, but it's there's more than just that. So I think that God didn't speak into existence like the Camp Neal. I think, I think the ingredients were there, and then humans and nature kind of came together and made something out of something that was already there. Right. I I'm, I'm getting it a little bit better, but the Bible says God spoke at six 24-hour days. Boom, there it was. Done. Rested on the seventh day. It was complete. Human beings were put together. We didn't evolve from monkeys. Monkey's a monkey. You're a person. How come you don't buy that story? Well, it's not that I don't buy that because from what I understand that there's no, there has, still hasn't been a direct link from where humans came from. And so I think that God gave us the ability to evolve so that we can, as we change the world, we can change with it. Yeah, I got that. But why, why not just go, he made it not that long ago, spoke it into existence. Here we are. End of story. Well, I think it comes down to evolution as being a gift and not necessarily something that goes against any older, any like. But if God guided the process, that isn't evolution though either. That isn't. That isn't pure evolution. Well, it's not that he guided it's kind the of process. a Christian evolution. 
it's not that I don't think he guided the process. I think he allowed the process to happen. Like he said, okay, I'm going to make a process and and set it off and away it went. Yeah. And it's more like, it's more like a, a gift or an ability than. So that to me sounds a bit like deist or deism. Do you know what that is? God basically wound the place up, let it go, step back, let it happen. And he's watching it go. Are you a deist? I would say I was raised Catholic. But you're not anymore. You gave up the Catholic ship. I didn't give it up. It sailed. It went without you. How come you didn't go with it? Um, I don't know. You didn't like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I don't know. It's just I went away to college and... You're living La Vida Loca. Um, no, but I went to Catholic school and private schools and it's all very hammered into you and then I went to college and it's like I don't have to anymore so I don't really want to yeah that happens a lot I hear well it makes sense because I don't I don't think that because you're raised in something that makes you something pretty historically I think we see in a lot of major religions you have to get to a certain level in your life where you realize more of what the world is about so that you as an adult whether that's at a, whatever level that happens to be where you either accept or reject the faith of your fathers but you don't some just somehow what does your dad do for a living for instance <laughs> just go with just make something up then he's a pilot okay you're not a pilot because your dad's a pilot you have to become a pilot you're not a christian because your parents are christians you have to become a christian right. so i think a lot of kids who grow up in a home they just walk away from it because they themselves weren't really christian they just have left what their their parents believed well it's not that okay so i was raised catholic and I went to Catholic school, and it was all, it was very interesting, because at Catholic school, not everybody's Catholic. And so there's people who have kind of different perspectives. And they told me, and I think this is true also, that they didn't really know anything about Catholicism. And then they came to school, and we have, it's like, we don't have religion class about Catholicism. There is one, but then there's like world religions and things like that, too. And they said, it's very interesting to learn about Catholicism. And I realized that I never really would not, I would not as know as much as I did without going to Catholic school, just going to church. And it's not that, and since I know so much about it, I think it's, 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 it is, it's interesting and it's true. And the more that I learned about it, the more that I I agreed with it, but I kind of fell away from it because I don't know. I just don't know anything. I feel young and small. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yes. I'm going to test that. You ready? Sure. You remember the 10 commandments? No. Number nine says you shouldn't lie. Okay. How many lies have you told in your life? Probably more than I can count on fingers and toes. All righty. If I told more lies than I could count on fingers and toes, what name would you give to me? What would you call me? A person who tells lots of lies. Maybe I would say a liar. Okay. Fair enough. How many things have you stolen in your life? Not that many. But you have stolen something. Sure. All right. So that would make you a... Steer thief. There you go. Let's try this one. Have you committed adultery? No. All right, but listen to what Jesus said. You've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. You don't have to commit the physical act, just lust. And God sees that as a violation of his laws. Have you ever lusted? Sure. So you've broken that commandment. Have you murdered anybody? No. Jesus said, if you just call somebody a fool, you're in danger of the judgment. The Bible says that you're actually a murderer at heart. Have you ever committed that sin? Yeah. 
pretty easy in Atlanta. Yes, it is. All right. Four commandments. You've broken all of them. Uh-oh. Multiple times. Do you still think you're a good person? Mm, not anymore. Uh, you're just playing me, well, aren't you? I was you're saying, patronizing me, aren't you? I was saying relative to everybody else or objectively? Well, I think... Is there a curve? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I think that if we even think about our corrupt justice system today, a criminal doesn't get to pull in another criminal and go, but judge, look at that guy. He did way worse than I did. It's irrelevant. Yeah. If you've broken the laws, you're guilty. If you've done bad things, you're a bad person. So no curve, no comparison. The standard is perfection and justice. God's laws, Ten Commandments. The standard is perfection, then I would say everyone's a bad person. I agree completely. I Yes. Well, it is definitely the day of the engineer today on Witness Wednesday, and we're not quite finished with this future sound engineer. Hang tight. We have more Witness Wednesday still to come. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable, biblical, health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals? Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate or you can also just as easily text the word Wretched to the number 44321. The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but 
dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teaches us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the wisdom of God. The wisdom of man says we can earn God's favor through good works, but the wisdom of God is made known in Jesus Christ. God in human flesh, put to death on the cross to grant us forgiveness we cannot earn. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Back with more witnessing on a Wednesday here at Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, Todd out on the campus of Georgia Tech, where he's been speaking with the future computational media engineer, more simply a sound engineer. Let's ease back into their chat now on Wretched Radio. All right, so young man, here's, here's what I'm going to try to do, and then I'm leaving you so you can get back to napping, which, by the way, when I went to school, I was very good at that. Yeah, I'm trying. The civil engine, what was it? The what engineering? Computational media. Computational media engineering thingy that you want to be. Not so good. Napping, I was the dean. I was on the A-list. Okay. So you said that God is going to have you stand before him and he's going to say, I'm nice and I'm good and I'm going to weigh some of the other stuff. I'm going to let you go. Okay. Okay. Did I summarize that correctly? I don't want to say it wrong. If I don't have that right, you well, tell me. I think you have to want to. You have to want to be sorry and be sorry. Okay. And you and you've got to be so three things. God's nice. You've done good things, and you feel bad about it. Yes. All right. And and you acknowledge you're wrong. I guess. Okay. Feel bad. Yeah. I'm going to include that in the third one because okay. I can only remember a list of three. Okay. I know that the earthly court system is corrupt, but I think that there's a fair representation with the eternal justice system. If you stood before an earthly judge and you were guilty of breaking laws and you said, judge, I think you're nice. And he said, you know what? I am nice. I'm going to let you go. He might be nice, but would he be just? No. Okay. So let's take the nice thing off of the list because if God just turned a blind eye to justice, he may be nice, but he wouldn't be just. And God's character is about justice and righteousness. And so if he turns his cheek to somebody who does a, commits a crime, then that is unjust. So he can't let you go because he's nice. Now, he might be nice, but nice doesn't let a criminal go. Okay. If you stood before a judge and said, Judge, I've committed, let's just say, 10 crimes. Okay. But, Judge, I have done 15 nice things in my life. Mm-hmm. The judge is going to say, that's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with your court case. If you've stolen $10, but you gave $20 to an orphanage, it has nothing to do with the crime that you committed by stealing $10, even if you gave double to somebody else. Okay. So doing good things doesn't dismiss your guilt. Let's try, I'm sorry, before a court judge. You've committed 10 crimes and you say, judge, I'm really sorry. The judge is going to say, as well, you should be sorry, because what you've done is wrong. I'm glad that you have remorse, but you still have guilt and you're fine still exists. Your bad feelings do not make your penalty go away. It is a right response, but it does not pay your fine. And if that's reasonable to you, wouldn't God do the same thing if he is the just judge of all the world? And while the world turns sometimes a blind eye to justice, and while sometimes detectives can't figure out a case, God knows everything, and the books on your life would be open. He'd see every deed done in darkness. 
He knows every time a lie has been told or a lustful thought has happened or the computer images that you looked at were inappropriate or you cheated on a test or you were naughty with your parents. You said bad things about your mom. You used God's name in vain. You desired things that didn't belong to you. You didn't thank God for every kind thing that he's done for you. It's all there as if you were a supercomputer knowing everything that you've done that's wrong and failed to do that's right. And if he is just and if he is good, what should God do with you? Well, I don't know if you can, if you can come, uh, if you should separate the just and the good part, because I think that's what makes God different than a judge is that he is not necessarily logical is not the right word, but he's not above forgiveness, which a judge is not, uh, won't forgive you at all. So that's what the system is for. No, I agree with you. God is indeed forgiving. But the plan isn't for you to try to do good things to earn God's favor. The Christian system is different. I don't know if they taught you this in Catholic school, but the Christian system is radically different, at least what the Bible says. I don't know what they taught you in Catholic school, but the Bible says you're a bad guy and I'm a bad guy. And there's nothing we can do to please God. We are completely without hope. But God is kind and he's rich in mercy and he's loving. So we got some tension going on. God sees you a bad guy and he's got to punish you because he's just, but he's good and he's kind. And despite all your badness, he still loves you. So to somehow make both of those things happen, he created a plan so that he could be just and so that he could forgive you. What did he do so that he could save you, forgive all of your sins and you could be made right with God? Sounds like Jesus. Bingo. I don't think the Catholic system probably taught it to you the way that I'm setting this up for you. The Catholic system maybe said, try really hard and be good. I'm telling you, you've been really bad, but God is good. And Jesus was perfect. And he lived on this earth and he kept all the laws that you and I have broken. And then he was punished by man and he was put on a cross. Here's a term for you. You can put this into your theological arsenal. Active and passive obedience. Mm -hmm. Jesus actively kept all the commandments that you've broken. Jesus was passively beaten by human beings to take the punishment for your guilt. So here's the system. Jesus was passively beaten so your sins could be forgiven. He lived a perfect life so that his good life could be credited to your account. So you could not only be seen as forgiven, but you would be seen as righteous. The good work of Jesus and the punishment that he endured on your behalf credited to your account. It's called imputation. It's imputed, credited to you, so that God sees you through the work of Jesus Christ. So when he looked on the cross, he saw you and punished his son. And now, when he looks at Jesus, he sees you. The good man died for you, the bad man, so that you could be seen as right with God, so that God could be just and the justifier of those who believe in him. So if you will repent, Admit that you're a bad guy, that you've sinned against God, and turn from your sins. Doesn't mean you become perfect, but you have a new attitude about them. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ as the God-man who died to save you a sinner. God says, I will forgive you, and I will grant you everlasting life. I will adopt you as my son, and I will give you all the heirs of sonship because of what Jesus did on your behalf. That's called the good news of the gospel. Catholics say, work. Muslims say work, Buddhists say work, Hindus say work. Christianity says, 
all of your works are like filthy rags, but Jesus' work was perfect. And it can be credited to you by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone, so that he gets all the credit alone, so that God can be glorified for saving a bad guy like you who doesn't deserve it. That's the good news of the gospel. That's Christianity. So here's the deal. How old are you, young man? 20. 20 years old. So when you were seven, you probably didn't get that when you were 17. I don't know if you've ever even heard that, but now you're a man. And the Bible makes it clear you are now responsible for before God because every time you sin, you do it knowing that it's wrong. You are willfully sinning when you lie or cheat or steal or lust. And you are racking up debt with God. And the Bible says that the cup of his wrath is getting filled up. And one day, whenever he calls your number and kills you, he will give you what you have earned. But he will give you what Jesus has earned if you will repent today and put your trust in the Savior. So now I'm walking away. And you, if you're a wise young man, which I perceive you are, should think about this really earnestly. Because if what I'm sharing with you is true, I have just made the best offer to you that you will ever have. No job offer compares. Nothing that anybody has ever done for you has been kinder than God dying for you, a sinner. So I would simply challenge you as you think big thoughts here on the campus to try to figure out what's true. Answer this question is what that stranger who just walked away from me said is true. Is it true? Because if it's not true, you got no worries. You seem like a nice enough fellow. But if it's true, then you've got a cup of wrath waiting for you. And God says he will strike you and he will not need to do it twice. He will grind you to powder because he's furious about sin and your rebellion. But he's kind and he's merciful and he desires to save you. It's not his desire to send you to hell. He will if you reject his offer but he will save you if you come to him on his terms. So dude, I'm walking away. I know I'm a stranger. I'm being really earnest with you. Please think about it today. Would you? Sure. All right. All right, man. Thanks for the chat. Okay. You're a gentleman and you're polite. Back to napping. Yes. Well, I have to work here. All right. Don't go to bed tonight without either, either, either reject what I'm saying or receive it, but don't go, it doesn't matter, because it really does matter, all right? Either reject it or accept it, but don't play in the middle, okay? Because if you're playing in the middle, you're rejecting it. So make it, make a call on it, be firm on it, make a decision about it. Is it true or is it false? That was good witnessing advice for all of us there. First of all, let's be praying for that young man's salvation. Also, I found what Tanja said to him to be very helpful. Hopefully you did as well. While we're not looking for people to pray prayers or walk aisles, we do want to encourage them to do something with the gospel they just heard. They're either going to accept it or they're going to reject it. But they don't need to be passive about it because in reality, being passive is to reject it anyway. So that's a good reminder for all of us in our witnessing encounters. Well, that's another Witness Wednesday in the books. More wretched radio coming your way tomorrow. Until then, until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>